Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and today I am joined by Candy Brooks, the Executive Director for El Paso Pride Soccer Association. How are you doing today, Candy? Doing great, thank you. Great. Well, thank you for having me over. I really appreciate it. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County, or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, But to get started today, Candy, I was wondering if you could share a bit of background about yourself and how you came to be associated with Pride Soccer Club. Sure. Um, I've been in Colorado since uh, 1980, so I'm not... uh necessarily a native, but pretty darn close here. (laughs) Um, Unlike so many people that were brought here um, through the military or different things here, Mm -hmm. directly to Colorado Springs, um, my husband got a job here. And uh, we just uh, love the state, wanted to be a part of it, and knew that this is where we wanted to raise our family. So uh, came here and um, have always been in uh, sports or retail. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Have two sons that have uh, graduated and gone through Colorado Springs school system and uh, brought us here. So that's probably the biggest thing about me, a little small farm (laughs) girl from uh, back in the Midwest that has come out here and wanted to see uh, a different part of the country that didn't have humidity and bugs. Um, So uh, that's that's what kept me here, I guess I should say. Yeah, no, that's actually a pretty good excuse. I'm from Houston originally, so I can appreciate not wanting to be around humidity and bugs. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Uh, How did you end up finding Pride Soccer Club? Yeah, so uh, my passion has always been to be involved in things that were giving back to kids and how they could find success, um, whether it was on a baseball pitch or a soccer or basketball or whatever that might be. I was an athlete myself growing up. And so as my kids, as they were um, coming into finding what was fun for them to do, we started some soccer. Um, We had people that asked us to help them uh, develop a platform for kids to play. There was some opportunity here in Colorado Springs and We just thought "Mm, we could do it a little bit differently and bring a different approach to it. And so it'll be 30 years this June um, that my husband and I and another couple founded the club. Oh, wow. And and it has taken off since then. And a little bit about that, um, I'm sure we can get into as we can talk. But we (laughs) we were trying to figure out how we were going to have 100 kids, and we have just over... Um, 4,500 right now with wow. over 300 teams Holy every year. Smokes. So, yeah. yeah, so that was actually going to be my next question. <laughs> Share a little bit about Pride Soccer Club itself, uh, what the main mission of the organization is. You said it started over 30 years, or almost 30 years ago, this summer. Yeah, this summer. So, exactly. so yeah, what's that journey been like? And uh, what kind of, what does the club stand for, I guess? Yeah, so a lot of people will probably know us by our um, logo or doing what's right for kids. Um, I think that's what was the drive um, that led us to starting all of this. We just said, um, you need to be able to afford to play soccer or whatever sport you're wanting to do. It needs to be determined by your passion and your love for the game, not your affordability or who you do or what was going on. And Mm -hmm. so um, we said, let's do this. Um, We knew that we needed to be a nonprofit um, which we dug into with you know some of our attorney friends and said, <laughs> okay, what do we have to do here? What are the blanks we have to fill out? And then we wanted to provide a, an opportunity uh, for 
you know, confidence and teamwork and all of the other things that you need in life. Um, and we loved the tool of soccer. All of us believed in it. Um, we were founded in 94, which is when the World Cup came to the USA, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the Rockies were being formed here in uh, Colorado. So lots of new things happening across our state at that point in time. Um, and we said, we can do this. Um, let's get into this. I don't think any of us imagined what it would be today. Sure, sure. The number of people that we had. But we did know that um, all of us had a passion for it and wanted to give back in some way. Um, and that's kind of what started it for all of us. Yeah. Well, one thing that I really like about it is I think the concept of sport, you know, is something that many people can relate to. Uh, you know, perhaps not everyone, but I was fortunate enough to uh, grow up in a place where sports were available to me. Um, uh, hockey was my sport of choice, oddly enough, in, in Houston, Texas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I still still love it to this day. But um, to your point, any sport yeah. can be expensive. Hockey, yeah. hockey, <clears throat> was absolutely very, very expensive. But you know, it's one of those things where um, back then. When, when I was of that age, there were not as many opportunities in the way of, you know, funding for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, you know, one of the reasons why I wasn't able to keep doing it. And, you know, t- to this day, it's one of those things like, oh, it would have been great. But, you know, that, <laughs> you you know I know yeah, it. life is life, right? <laughs> Everything's worked out the way it has for a reason. But um, so having that mission uh, and being able to speak to, I think, a pretty... Uh, universal idea for people in that, you know, sport is important and whether, whether you're good at it or not, you know, it's important to succeed. It's, it's just as important to fail at times. And sports is a, I think a pretty safe way to kind of simulate what real life can be like in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, so having this around and having it exist is, is a really cool opportunity. So you mentioned before that you serve about did you say 4,500 kids we at this do. point? And um, is that yearly. just, so is that just El Paso County? Do you get some from outside El Paso County coming here? Kind of where does that reach? Yeah, so um, our reach has uh, expanded. Uh, we have some kids from Pueblo. We have kids as far away as Southern Denver, out to Lyman, up to Woodland Park. Um, so it isn't just El Paso County, but that is our primary location. And I guess that's what we would call our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where we feel we serve the most of our neighbors. Sure. And so, so with that, since you've been, since you've been around from the beginning, mm-hmm. I feel like you're the best person to talk about <laughs> this. How do you grow like that? I mean, of course it's happened over the course of three decades, sure. <laughs> but how do you grow from, you know, a hundred kids, 200 kids to 4,500 kids? Yeah. So I think, um, it was very, uh, daunting when we first decided we wanted to do this. Um, We looked into it and we said, how are we going to provide um, a soccer experience for kids? And we looked at all the different platforms and what was going on. And my kids had started with um, Colorado Springs Park and Rec and and did different things. And there was another organization we were playing playing with, I should say, at the time. And um, we knew that we could offer a product and have it be available to people. And part of that was what that growth would be, although I, we never could have um, probably um, expected what actually did <laughs> sure, occur. Sure. Um, but uh, it goes down to the simple thing of doing what's right for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we doing this and what are we doing? 
Um, I think the continually giving back to our community, making sure that we go that extra step to do the background checks on our coaches, um, make sure that we're educating our parents and our coaches and setting the expectations. So many times it's not a matter of um, success just to win and a loss, but setting the expectations. What do you want to get out of a sport? You alluded to, you know, it's uh, something that's good and it's safe. So if it's safe, we need to do our due diligence to make sure it is safe. So right. you can, right. when you come to play for us, you know that um, our coaches have been background checked. They've gone through safe sport. They've gone through concussion education. We've given you know them all the resources that we can to make sure they're a great person here. Um, and listening to the community, you know, and that is part of what I think we've always tried to do is know that while we may know soccer, um, what can we learn from our coaches, our parents, our constituents, and our other community members that are saying, hey, you know, Candy, how can you help us with this piece, you know, uh, whether it's a care and share drive, whether it's giving back at Thanksgiving, whether it's mm-hmm. helping uh, give balls to communities outside of just Colorado Springs, because um, we know that soccer can open up a lot of doors, mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's here locally or abroad. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned how important it is to listen to the community and get that feedback. So then can you talk about how important it is uh, for the organization to be viewed as a place that that community can turn to when they're looking to have these needs met? You bet. Um, I think for me, it's just that people know that um, we will be able to provide a coach that will have the passion, the respect, the integrity, the determination, and excellence. That's what pride stands for for us. And whether it's the passion for the game and how they do it, um, respect. We want respect from the community, not only from our um, players and parents, but from um, everybody that's working with us, whether it's our partnerships or our sponsors that we're doing. Um, integrity is always important. Um, we want to make sure that as we're reaching out into the community, we can be trusted. We might not always all agree on how we're going to get to the destination. <laughs> Does anyone ever always yeah. agree on stuff like that? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, you know, the determination to make it right. So, you know, it, we may not have the funds when we have the idea. And how do we you know, say we're going to get all of this done and take care of everybody? And then always know that we're going to do the best we can to uh, get it done. And I think that is um, very important for all of us. And when we're um, choosing the things that we're going to do and the people that we're going to work with and the partnerships that we're going to have, we make sure that they have that same community um, and all of those things that I listed, the integrity, the excellence, you know, and uh, wanting to give back and be a part of Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. And the D was determination? It is, right? determination. So, yeah. it, so within that answer, you mentioned being determined to meet the needs of people, and part of that is having the funding to be able to do that. Nice segue into the, <laughs> the ARPA grant funding. So um, after submitting your grant request <clears throat> to the county, uh, El Paso County Pride Soccer Association was awarded $50,000 of ARPA funding. Uh, can you talk about what that money has specifically gone to fund? Yeah, well, I think it, uh, it, it went to fund a lot of things and a lot of people. Um, but let's talk about the actual numbers. Um, we awarded over 140 um, scholarships to people, um, and those scholarships were across the board from all of our players, from 4-year-olds to 19-year-olds, 
Um, it all went back to kids. Um, we knew that when we started this, when we received that letter that I just about fell out of my chair when I got it, that, you know, we were awarded this. Um, we said, how many people can we reach? Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to be able that we reached a four-year-old who, you know, maybe just needs the ability to get a little funding to play up to um, maybe some of our juniors and seniors on travel teams that have been looking forward to being able to have an opportunity to play somewhere across the nation and maybe get lucky enough to have a scholarship mm-hmm. to help them with all of that. So yeah. um, bottom line is, you know, helping all of these kids. I think when we looked at things, uh, we looked at what their circumstances were and our whole scholarship application is for the need. And we have you know, lots of stories as far as how COVID impacted our kids. Yeah, of course. Um, so that was, that was the biggest thing. It's, it's all scholarships and yeah. all going back to the kids. No operationals or anything like that. Right. No, I mean, th- that's really great to hear. And uh, it's funny you mentioned COVID. Obviously, the ARPA funding came out of the COVID pandemic. That's kind of the reason why it exists in the first place. But as a father of four kids myself, uh, you know, the pandemic was a really difficult time for kids. I don't think it I'm was. breaking any ground by saying it, saying <laughs> that. But um, the ability to kind of springboard uh, out of that pandemic into opportunities for kids to get out, to exercise, to play, to learn, all the things you can learn that come from sports, um, I think is a really fascinating and great way for that money to be spent. Sure. Um, you know, because... I think, you know, if it's difficult for me uh, during COVID, I was difficult for a lot of people, um, you know, being uh, being in your home for long stretches of time, maybe not seeing other people for long stretches of time, right? Absolutely. But, you know, you want to talk about a population of people that was affected quite a bit, and that, that's our kids, right? It was. Um, seeing, seeing my kids, you know, I, I was in a situation where I was able to work from home, you know, during the pandemic. But seeing my kids have to do school like in an elementary school kids, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, sit down in front of this computer for seven hours a day and, you know, try and pay attention to lessons that are being given. And, you know, at the time, I think my kids were in kindergarten and third grade or kindergarten and second grade or something like that. And it's just, you know, it's, it's an unreasonable expectation in my Absolutely. opinion. Right. And yeah. so, you know, to then come out of that and say, hey, like, let's take a look at what our kids really need. And this seems to me like, oh, yeah, you nailed it on the head with this. Like, this seems like the perfect way to help kids kind of recover and get out of that funk that I think a lot of us were in. Yeah. Um, and, and, and speaking of that, you know, you mentioned being able to provide for kids from four years old all the way up to 19 years old, which is incredible. I was wondering if there's a personal story that you can share to sort of help demonstrate that work that Pride Soccer does to um, – offer these opportunities to these kids? Yeah, um, I think I'll go to one of our older um, high school boys. So when the pandemic um, hit in uh, March, um, mid-March, we were all set, and some of our teams had already been playing, and many of them had uh, league games and all of these different things that they were looking forward to. Um, So many times uh, we look at sports and we think, oh, it's all about the exercise and it's about getting out. And those are wonderful things. And absolutely that is the case. But other times it's just that mental ability to step away and be able to uh, speak with their peers, speak with somebody besides their mom or their dad or their teacher. And that coach is a very trusted individual. Um, And so the individual that I would think of, he... um, 
he had just really started turning his game around. Um, we, he, had, he had just come to our uh, club the previous season. Um, he was apl- uh, applying and um, was had made a team. He uh, got hit by the pandemic, and at this point in time, his parents, um, they lost their jobs, um, and he became one of the sole providers for his family. So even as soccer was closing down, not being able to be played at the time, he also had to become that breadwinner. And so as we fast forward and we have the grant and um, uh, our communities start to realize that what can we provide for um, families and what can they start to uh, do? Um, soccer, because it was an outdoor sport, was one of the things that became opened up sooner rather than mm-hmm. other things. Sure. Um, all we had to do was um, follow uh, guidelines for uh, numbers mm-hmm. and where and how they were meeting and the quantity of kids. And, you know, we, we were spraying balls. We were providing, <laughs> you know, masks and different things. Sure. And, and our, it didn't look like the way it did, but it was um, a viable opportunity. And so this young man, when he first came to us, said, I, I can't afford to play. I'm just not going to be able to play. And we're like, you'll play. And um, when we were able to grant him that ability um, we were able to uh, purchase a pair of uh, cleats for him to play in. Um, so those were the things and those were the individual um, opportunities that we were able to do. Um, that story was repeated over and over again of you know parents that just um, either lost their jobs or were at home, as you were, um, all of a sudden needing four computers and how mm-hmm. are they going to pay for, you know, enough lines for, you know, them to keep their job yeah. and their kids to get through school. Um, we were that outlet for both players and kids. And that story was repeated over, as I said, over and over again by parents reaching out to us going, man, I need soccer more than ever. I need him out of the house. I need her out of the house. Yeah. And I think the kids were saying the same thing. I just need to get away from <laughs> oh, yeah. my parents you know, oh, yeah. and, and things <laughs> like that. So we were lucky enough to um, have many people reach out to us for that opportunity. And luckily we could provide it. So um, that was a personal story about an individual, but of all of the kids we reached, it was, as I said, over and over again, um, what we were hearing, that everybody needed that mental peace mm-hmm. besides the physical peace. Yeah. You know, we're outdoors people here in Colorado. <laughs> we are. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we're playing soccer in shorts in January mm-hmm. unless we have, you know, like a foot of snow like last weekend. But right. um, so everybody needed that. Yeah. No. So there were a couple things uh, in that that I, I kind of want to touch on first being, you know, I, I think that it is easy, but not a good idea to undersell the importance of an organization like this when, you know, again, I, I've spoken with a number of organizations uh, like Karen Share and Springs Rescue Mission and uh, Silver Key recently that, you know, provide needed essential services for individuals to, you know, help them survive, you know, help them live, right? And I, I think that, you know, when someone listens and is like, oh, you have them on and then you speak with someone like, you know, <laughs> Pride Soccer Club, right? It's it's not one-to-one. And I'm like, well, I'm not so sure about that. Like, like you mentioned, that mental piece that comes from being able to do sport, to get outside, to exercise. I mean, these are things where there's actually like legitimate research behind it and like, and the importance yes. of it that's, ju- you know, 
maybe not on the level of food as, you know, importance, <laughs> but like pretty close. So, you know, I, I just don't want people to undersell the value that exists with organizations like this, because there are not, there are multiple in this community that provide this, this type of service, this type of outlet. Uh, and of course, Pride Soccer Club being one of them. Uh, so I just wanted to make that clear. But secondly, for you, especially as an original founder of this organization, what does it do for you to see those stories happen in real time and look back and think, I started this 30 years ago and been able to impact so many different lives at this point. And then you have a story like that happen. Like what (laughs) what does that do for you? Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, well, I think it um, probably helps me get through that day to day. I think all of us can focus on the uh, negativity in the world and everything that's going on. And um, right now, over 30 years, um, we have been able to bring back um, community members, whether it's uh, – I have a young lady who's uh, coaching for me right now who was on our one of my original under-four teams. Oh, that's you know, awesome. She went to school. She yeah. got a scholarship. She played at that level. She's now a mom of a little girl who she's coaching and giving so back cool. to everybody here. And that story, I have many, many uh, uh, players who either played for us and are now coming back and coaching their kids. So we're in that next generation and, and the generation after that. So, you know, they're, um, they're, they're building relationships within the community. They're enabling, enabling children to play and giving that benefit back and the opportunity that they had. So for me, I guess it's just as the, you know, commercial would say, it's priceless at this <laughs> point in time. I mean, uh, the other aspect that I think is important to bring up, as you alluded to, what different things are doing. Um, substance abuse, uh, suicide, uh, the mental health piece, not only of our players, but of our parents that were involved here. So many times we try and separate those two things out. Um, suicide um, for teens here in Colorado Springs, I won't get into it because it's not my um, expertise, but mm-hmm. I have been involved in many different groups around here to help um, prevent and be a resource for people to go to. And so what we found is our kids, when all of this was going on, they were just looking for that. I, I'm lost. I don't have my friends anymore. I yeah. can't talk to them. What can I do? And different things like that. So I think the mental health piece has to be addressed through all sports, you know, basketball, soccer, um, baseball, any of those things, mm-hmm. and how that gives um, a strong uh, sense of community, sense of teamwork, sense of family, whatever you know, whatever it might be for you, mm-hmm. um, and each individual family. And so that was um, that was really important for us because some of these kids um, were with these players three to four days a week. Yeah, um, and it wouldn't matter what was going on at school or at home. This was a place where they could go out, get exercise, kick a ball, and share with. those kids around them what that experience was they didn't have school anymore they didn't have that they had all of a sudden their moms and dads all of them together as you alluded to you know 24 7 sometimes with everybody having that and they saw the stresses of their parents and things like that and vice versa sure yeah Yeah. um and so for us um for me i think that's the biggest piece of you know while i hated covid it also exposed some of the wonderful things that youth sports can do uh the aspen institute um if you want to go and do any research you can see 
how so many things changed during the pandemic and how we came out of it with some not so good things, and so, but much better approach to many of the things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that biggest piece is that mental health. Yeah. And uh, if we, as a society, just say, okay, we're out of COVID, we're not doing some of those things anymore, we would be doing an injustice right. to, to everything right now. And so this money afforded us that ability to still give back and reach kids and be a resource for them. And so that I, that just makes me want to cry. And, uh, <laughs> and I again... Many, many stories that I could give on that. Yeah, so. no, th- that's incredible. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. So another thing that I've learned from uh, doing all these conversations is that no organization and no nonprofit organization uh, exists within itself. Uh, there's always partnerships. There's always, you know, reaching out to others uh, to make things work. So how, who, what are some of those connections that you guys have made El, uh, El Paso County uh, Pride Soccer? And, you know, how has that benefited the programs that you're working on? Sure. Um, I'll go with a, a few of the major ones, but there are um, just those relationships from parents who uh, give their time and everything like that. So while some of them may have a larger dollar associated with them or a larger impact. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the biggest ones are just a, a mom or a dad who decide to sponsor a kid or to give their time back sure, to, yeah. to coach a team. Um, outside of that, you know, I think our biggest community partner that we have is probably the Colorado Springs Switchbacks and uh, working with them and making sure that we can provide a, a safe opportunity and uh, an example uh, for our players to say, here's that next level that you can attain and you can play. Um, we work with them on many different levels um, through training opportunities, for, through volunteer opportunities, um, and providing a platform for us to reach uh, more individuals in uh, Colorado Springs. Uh, Shields. Shields is another big one for us. Um, they're a little newer to our community mm-hmm. than others. Um, but when they came to us um, and wanted to be a part of our community, we said, wow, you guys are looking for the same thing we are. And we yeah. just looked at what they were doing and how they were, what they were doing in other parts of uh, the U.S. And we said, yeah, we need to make this work because yeah. <laughs> we, we, we both want the same things mm-hmm. at this point in time. And then, um, you know, Children's Hospital is the most recent. Uh, we had a wonderful relationship with Centura as well and, and different things. We've worked with Colorado Springs Orthopedics and, and different group, orthopedic group and different ones. And, and that, those are all important for giving the safe piece to mm-hmm. what's going on and um, giving us that checkpoint to be able to look back at them and say, okay, should we be looking at a different approach, whether it was during COVID and through that experience? And I, I, I mentioned both of them because we were with Centuro when COVID started and we're with Children's Now, and both of them are wonderful, wonderful groups in mm-hmm. here in our community. Um, but whether it's helping somebody with an ACL, whether it's giving a resource of, hey, my daughter just needs somebody to talk to, or you know, what, where, can we, where can we go from here? So um, those are probably our three biggest, but as I alluded to, we have – many smaller ones that we love. We have bigger ones like soccer.com and Adidas and all of those things, but those are the big guys. Right. And, and, you know, <laughs> those are the things going on. And it, it really is. It's just that um, it's the person who gives back here in Colorado Springs. And like I said, maybe sponsors their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a grandmother here in town who doesn't have a clue what a soccer game looks like. Um, but, her neighbor boy, she knows, he lost his uh, father. 
And for the last several years, she's been sponsoring him. And she's grown to know a little bit more about soccer. She comes to us all the time. Um, and for the longest time, she wanted it uh, not to be told to this young man who was sponsoring him. Um, they developed uh, a relationship as they became neighbors for the longest time. And he found out who had been ha- helping him with the opportunity mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they give you know, as much joy to each other. Her yeah. watching him grow up and him knowing that, you know, somebody cared enough about me to do this. Um, oh, and so those those little people are the ones that really make us work yeah. um, at so many different levels. So Yeah, uh, yeah. that's that's really awesome. Um, so we talked a lot about the uh, youth, the youth sports program. Uh, are there any other programs that the organization offers that you think would be important for listeners to know about? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, probably for us, we have uh, an academy program that allows our uh, kids to look forward to playing maybe beyond their high school or their club level, whether that's collegiately or whether that's as an adult later. Um, We also have um, education for our parents and our coaches. So many of the kids may not go on to play in uh, college, but they may come back and they may coach their kids later. Mm-hmm. Um, they may want to be a sports broadcaster. They may want to help be that lawyer that gets that great deal for, you know, maybe not <laughs> right. a messy, but somebody. Right, right. You know, uh, Sam Vines uh, grew up here in uh, Colorado Springs, and he had he had played here. He played with the Rapids. He went over to Europe and played, and he's most recently signed and come back. And he'll be playing um, with the Colorado Rapids um, this summer. Uh, Dylan Clark is one of our local kids who is um, one of our high school boys, and he plays with the switchbacks and got to travel with them just this last weekend. So cool. Yeah, so so those, I think, are the um, opportunities that go beyond just that 4 through 19-year-olds. So for those who are wanting to be a part of El Paso uh, Pride Soccer Club Mm -hmm. and – you know, may not be able to, maybe not be able to afford it. You do yeah. have scholarships available. How can they go about looking into that, seeing if it's something that's a possibility and obtaining those services? Sure. So we're like everybody else right now. You can go to a Facebook or a, a Twitter or, well, X, excuse X, yeah, me. X, yeah, I, careful. There. Yeah, careful. I'll, I'll get in trouble with one of those guys out there. Um, but just um, our website, pridesoccer.com, um, very simple to say, Uh Go to reach out to Pride Soccer at pridesoccer.com through an email and or just pick up the phone. We're here. Um, you know, we still have this brick and mortar building. Um, <laughs> I still believe in everybody being able to uh, call, speak to a human. We don't have, we have an answering machine, but we don't have a service that answers our <laughs> questions for us. So uh, when we get really busy, it might be hard for us to uh, get all of our phone calls uh, called back immediately, but mm-hmm. we still, we still call back. And all of those, uh, informational requests come into my desk and I put them to the right person, whether it's, you know, somebody with a five-year-old who's just starting soccer and maybe they've never played Mm -hmm. up to the person um, moving into our community. um, And they would like to play at that highest level available and know a little bit more about us. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, What is that phone number, by the way? Yeah. uh, 719-597-6700. Awesome. And then for people who, uh, you know, they may not need to uh, get scholarships, they may not have kids involved, but they want to get involved themselves. Like, well, I love soccer. I want to be a part of this. Uh, How can they uh, get involved? Where do they start? What are the kinds of opportunities that are available for them? 
Yeah, I think there. Um, that's the fun part for me is that even if you didn't know soccer, but now your grandkids are playing or something like that, what can I do? What well, you can come. We have volunteers. You can come work at the park. We have what's called field marshals, so they supervise what's going on. Uh, we have goal fairies. We have people that put up goals for us, you know, in that dark uh, early morning hours, uh, <laughs> which might not sound so appealing, but you get rest of your day and you still feel like you're giving back. You so um, we have uh, coaches galore, maybe, you know, um, someone like yourself who, who played growing up and now you'd like to um, maybe do that again. Refereeing, always a need for referees. Um, we're working in a partnership with Colorado Springs uh, Park and Rec, the YMCA here, and the Switchbacks, and we have some uh, referee classes that are available. You, if you go to our website, you'll see that link and what's going on with that. Um, and with that, you'll get to attend a Switchbacks game. Um, you can make a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, actually, it's pretty good pay for some of these Boy, young, this, this young is, teenagers. I feel like this is turning into a hard sell. So. It is. <laughs> so I think, I think you need to come referee for me. This will be great. <laughs> Another way to give back. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, that's good to know. I'll, I'll log that away. Um, so before we end the conversation here, I just want to give you an opportunity to add anything else that you think would be important for listeners to know. Um, I think for me, um, being a part of this community for almost 30 years now, um, excuse the pun, but gives me great pride. Mm -hmm. Um, It really does. um, Being a nonprofit and being able to see all of the wonderful kids that we have touched and the families that we have touched. And just, you know, you walk through a grocery store and I see you know, kids wearing their pride soccer uniforms, or you see our sticker on the back of cars, or I have kids and uh, families that come up and say, my mom played when you guys just got started. And I, and so I think for me, just uh, letting people know that, you know, uh, 30 years we have been here and we hope to be here for 30 more. And if we need to do something or there's something we're missing in our community, please reach out to one of us and let us know, you know, how can we give something back, and is there a great partnership that we're missing out on? We'd love to explore it. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you, Candy. I appreciate you taking the time today and uh, for all the work that you do here uh, with Pride Soccer Club. So thanks for taking the time to meet with me. Thank you so much for today. And uh, without these funds and these resources, um, we, we wouldn't be able to do everything we do. So thank you for highlighting it and letting people know what all the good that is going on here. Because sometimes we only highlight the bad sometimes. Yeah. No, I know. Appreciate I, it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, if you are interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, be sure to look for us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>